Hey, we have an amazing event coming up, the Expert Advantage Workshop Series, where every day for a week, starting on Monday, May 20th, it's myself and another expert coming on to present to you about various kinds of things to help you with your brand and your business. Our brand new experts and residents in pro are gonna be there to co-host these workshops with me, and you're not gonna wanna miss it. You'll have a chance to ask all of them questions, and it's completely free to join. All you have to do is go to smartpassiveincome.com slash advantage. Wednesday, May 22nd, we're gonna be talking trademarks, copyrights, how to know when to do it, what IP can you do it with, and the common pitfalls that most people fall into when it comes to intellectual property. 101 with Yasmin Salman Hamdan, and you're not gonna wanna miss that on Wednesday, May 22nd. And then finally, to finish off the expert week on Thursday, May 23rd, we're gonna be talking with Pamela Slim, about how to monetize and scale your IP and position it and package it in a way that is unlike anything you've really been taught before. Incredible value from Pamela and all of our experts on our Expert Advantage Week. And all you have to do to sign up and join and get all the links that you need is smartpassiveincome.com slash advantage. Again, one more time, smartpassiveincome.com slash advantage. Join us on our Expert Advantage Workshop Series. You're not gonna wanna miss it. Again, smartpassiveincome.com slash advantage. Ask What's up, everybody? Pathlin here, and welcome to episode 1235 of Ask Pat 2.0. You're about to listen to a coaching call between myself and an entrepreneur just like you. And today we're talking with Dustin from BGE's Tabletop Games and More. He initially started his business in April of 2020, I believe. No, actually, this was a couple of years ago he started, and it was a e-commerce store for tabletop games. And what's really interesting is just recently, this previous April, just a few months prior to this recording, he's opened up a brick and mortar store. And what he's trying to do is, is he's trying to build a community both to the store online and offline. It's just a really amazing conversation and story. And I think that you're gonna pull a lot of gems here to help you make your people feel more special. And that's really what this is about. So let's just dive right in. This is Dustin from BGE's Tabletop Games and More, which is in Los Angeles in case you're close by. Dustin, welcome to Ask Pat. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. I'm super excited to be here. Super pumped. It's just crazy. I was thinking about this. I remember listening to your podcast, Riding a Bicycle in Taiwan, when I first got started with online business. Oh, wow. That was like six years six years ago. Jeez. Wow. Well, it sounds like you're doing some stuff now. Tell us uh, kind of what you're up to. So we opened a brick and mortar store at the end of April is 2022. We've been online doing online business, like an e-commerce store for the past two years. Previously, we were an event-based business, and we started that off of our podcast, Board Gaming with Education, in Taiwan. We moved to LA, the pandemic hit, so we moved to an e-commerce model. And then with that, we kind of wanted to get a retail store going, and then now we're beginning to add our programming and events as a bigger part of our business model. Nice. What does the business do? Essentially, a tabletop game store. We sell tabletop board games, role-playing games like Dungeons & Dragons, other indie tabletop RPGs, Pokemon cards, um, Magic the Gathering, all that good stuff. That's so cool. How has the Season 4 of Stranger Things sort of helped business, if at all? We've gotten a lot of, with so many new players. I mean, I feel like every day we get a new D&D player that's interested in wanting to play. A lot of younger players, too. Yesterday, I had a session with an 8-year-old, or no, 7, 10, and I think the other boy was maybe like 12, and then their parents. And, they, and you're all, we're playing D&D together. 
and telling stories. And Yeah, we all created our characters. We did our first campaign, which was pretty cool. They had to rescue a maiden in a windmill, but they defeated a manticore and then we had to stop there. Okay, I want to keep talking about that, but I do want to help you out a little bit. Like, what's on your mind? What's going on in the business that you think I can help you with? You've started Deep Pocket Monster and I've been following that for a while and I've been noticing some awesome stuff and I thought I could pick your brain because... Providing value is a big part of what we want to do. And I learned that from a lot of people online, you especially. And I think we do it pretty well, but I want to think of some other things maybe we can do and maybe brainstorm with you as far as like other ways we can provide value. I'm also concerned about being a store that just gives stuff away for free and it's not actually providing value to in turn create long-term customers in a long-term community. Yeah, I'm glad you went there because that's really the idea here is we don't want just like a a one-off transaction we want a person who's going to keep coming back, but also bring their friends and talk about it and, and share online and all that kind of stuff. Can you define what value means to your target audience? That's different for every sort of customer base. And what does that mean for your customer base of tabletop users? Um, I would say there's a couple different demographics. There are the hobby gamers or whatever hobby it might be. And their value is very much in the product. But also there's that community aspect. I think that's one way or one reason I pushed towards opening a brick and mortar. I mean, we could have stayed online forever, but I think really that's where a lot of tabletop gaming and hobby gaming shines. I mean, you have to play tabletop games. I guess not have to because the pandemic found some ways for us to play tabletop games uh, virtually, but you really get that community aspect by playing in person. I agree with that 100%. When I was a kid, I used to play Magic the Gathering, a different tabletop sort of card uh, trading card game. And The best part about it was the friends that I made and the environment that I was in. And, you know, my parents would just drop me off after school at the mall and pick me up for dinner because they knew that it was like a safe space for me to be in with other nerds and and we were playing games and stuff. And some of my best memories as a kid were spent in that sort of environment. So what are you doing currently to provide value in that way to bring community together, if if anything yet. I'll see if I can explain it. But you're kind of giving me goosebumps because I've noticed this over the past like month and a half since we've been open. We've had younger players come in and like I played, I taught a younger player. He is 11 years old. He came in with his mom and played Magic the Gathering. I've had parents say like, oh man, it's so awesome to have this space for our kids. Like knowing that this is here, it's a safe space where they can play games I think we're doing that pretty well. I mean, we we have events. So D&D has been our biggest event and our most successful. I mean, the first night we did it, we were, you know, half full. Our space holds about 22 people. And so we're kind of a smaller, in regards to a game store, we're kind of smaller sized. But, and now, like yesterday, we had to turn people away, which like, I hated to do that. It's a couple of boys that were really excited to come and play. And it's like, well, we you have to RSVP and, you know, we need space. But just, I think, We've been doing it pretty okay with the events. I hope I kind of explained that well enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the events are great. And how often are they happening? This month, July, we're rolling out a lot more. Previously, we did D&D on Thursdays, Pokemon on Sundays, and we did board games on Saturdays. And now we're starting to do Magic on Fridays and Wednesdays. Um, We're doing a board game camp on the last week of July, and we're targeting different soft skills with different games. That's such a great idea. That's where I was going to go. How can we... You know, you have to remember that it's not just the players. It's like, especially for the younger kids, it's their parents that you're also providing value to safety and community and, you know, keeping kids off of the streets, et cetera, is of value to those parents who are often the ones who have the money or who make those decisions and who will either choose to keep bringing people back or keep them away. I love that you're doing more and more of these types of events. I like the camp idea because that is specifically for educating 
a certain group of people on that. I think, you know, there was a card store here in San Diego. I can't remember the name, but I went in to do some research when I was learning how to play Pokemon. And they actually had once a week sort of a like a training. And there was different people who would come in who were actually players who played there as well. It wasn't just like the staff leading it. It was like the staff empowering those who were regulars to come up and get a little bit of a spotlight. And you've probably heard me talk about that before on the show, like spotlighting your community, make them look like the hero. That ultimately makes your brand look like the hero too. So there might be some cool things as you go along, as you get to know who the regulars are to allow them to feel like they're even more involved because when people are more involved, they're more invested, not just with money, but with time and dedication and effort and sharing and all that kind of stuff. So perhaps that might spark some other ideas for you along those lines. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think one thing that crossed my mind, we have our DMs that have been, we have one DM, he's been doing it since the very beginning and he's awesome. DM is Dungeon Master, right? Not direct message for those of you listening. Dungeon Master, yeah. The one that leads the D&D session, yeah. So I can think of some ways to kind of give back to him. I mean, we reward our DMs with store credit, but I'm sure there's other ways because that we can do something where it also highlights him as a DM and then also the event. Like, this is some things we're doing. Love it. Love it. Are you bringing the community that you are building in person? First of all, where are you located for everybody who's like, I need to go to this card store or this this game store? We're in Los Angeles, the San Fernando Valley. All right. So I'm just a couple hours away. Maybe one, one of these days I'll have to drive up and, and we can hang for a little bit and, and talk shop. Yeah. For sure. Play some Pokemon. Okay, so LA, what's the name of it? BGE's Tabletop. BGE's Tabletop. Okay, awesome. Are you doing anything online? I know you came from online. You're kind of bringing it you know, in person, but you have that online experience. Are there any online communities that a person who might follow along or you know, come across your brand to still feel like involved, maybe from afar? Is there an, uh, an online community base or, or something yet? Yeah, I think we do have one. It's not, I think there's a not as strong of a connection as I would like there to be between the online community and the in-space community. There is a little bit, like I stream from the store every Friday and I give, share some updates, but most of those updates are for in-person. And then we talk about a topic related to tabletop games. We are recording for our video cast now. Like we opened two months ago, so it's been a lot of other things that have been taken priority versus creating content. We do TikTok, so that's probably our biggest platform that we post to TikTok. And then Instagram stories, we kind of post like things happening in the store and stuff like that. Smart. I like that. You had mentioned streaming. I was going to say streaming could be a great opportunity. It would also be interesting too for these tournaments, you know, not necessarily creating a whole channel where it's like, okay, let's, we're going to stream every game and kind of commentate. That can be a lot. And maybe that comes later, but perhaps there's a way to, uh, you know, you said like every Friday is a particular game. Everybody else online who can't make it or is just not available to come in that day can know that, you know, the last match or the last 10 minutes or the last 30 minutes or hour of, of the game or whatever is going to be streamed for people to watch. And it doesn't have to be super fancy. It honestly feels better when it's more raw and less produced because it, it feels like you're kind of there with them. And it might be cool for the players who are there in person as well to know that, you know, there's people around the world kind of watching and it could take on this sort of pattern of, hey, every week, you know, I'm going to be involved whether I'm there or not. I'm still feeling like I'm there. So that's like the first point. The second point is, you know, going back to the in-person stuff where I think, you know, a lot of organic growth can happen. A lot of these people are going to go back home and talk about it and come back with their friends and whatnot, especially once school comes back. People are going to have these experiences during the summer and want to keep that going and want to show their friends kind of what's been going on. So a couple of different ways to build community. You know, I think this is where swag and, and things like that can come into play. 
you know, from shirts and hats and wristbands or, or whatever you might have at your disposal. There's a lot of different things that you can do, but I, I want you to take it one step further. A lot of what makes Deep Pocket Monster stand out, I think, is the fact that we do think about when we publish a video, when we do live streams or anything like that. We go, okay, how do we make this one level beyond what people expect? How do we, in a way, try to blow their minds in some way or to, to surprise them in some way? And it doesn't always require a giveaway or anything like that. And like you said, you know, you don't just want to give things away for free, but it might be the way you share that story or the the experience that you have or, you know, something just unexpected. You know, there's a lot of other card shops and tabletop game stores. How can yours be put on the map because you do something in a special or different kind of way? And yeah, I know, again, you're only two months into this, but now would be the great time, especially with a lot of people coming in and now even turning people away. How can you make their experience just one level above where they would expect? And that's a great challenge for you and your employees to think because that's where you get that Disney-like approach, you know, that experience, that customer service experience. Everything I talk about in my book, Superfans, would probably apply here. But any thoughts or things that you're already doing that might kind of be along those lines? I'm trying to think of some things we can do maybe to make the experience just so much better. We haven't hired on staff yet. We will be at the end of the month. We'll hire a couple part-time employees and we have something in place called GOAT. <laughs> and it's just how we interact with our customers. I, I have to review our actual acronym. I don't remember off the top of my head. but So it's not greatest of all time, GOAT? That's where we took it from. It is stands for something different, but it's just the steps of service that I've kind of taken from restaurant. I've worked in a restaurant for like 10 years previously, and I've taken those steps of service for interacting with the customer. One of the biggest things with that takeaway is that like the transaction is not the most important thing when they're in the store. The most important thing is making sure they're having a good time, whether that's like chatting to them about whatever game they enjoy, or if they are looking for a game, making sure they get a game that they're going to enjoy and not just sell them whatever game is the most expensive one because we want them to enjoy the game so they come back to us right and then also i've noticed a couple like I, i'm not very familiar with the marketing terms but our marketing funnel we do have a lot of customers who come in maybe two or three times and then make their purchase on that fourth visit i think just the things that we are doing to interact with customers on a human level versus a customer business level goes a long way. Thinking of some, what is it? Who is the marketer? The purple cow? Yeah, Seth Godin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Seth Godin. Thinking of something that like super stands out. You use Bonjoro. That's what we do with our on every single online order we get. We send a Bonjoro to our customers and people love that. Yeah, they're like, whoa, I did not expect that. And they'll go leave us a review on Google because of they get a video from us because we're trying to emulate that like local game store feel as much as we can. So smart. Dude, I, I love that. That's a big lesson for everybody listening. Bonjoro, creating a personalized video. Doesn't like How long does it take you to do a video for a single customer after they come in? It feels like nothing because it's already part of our process. It's like 20 seconds. I just create a video and then it's while I'm fulfilling the order, like either printing the shipping label or boxing it up. That's so great. How might you bring that experience to like the in-person events, for example? What what would be the equivalent of that, you think? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm struggling to think of some stuff that we could do. I probably need to take some time off and go visit some other game stores again to kind of brainstorm. That'll probably come maybe next month when we have some staff I can have them take over so I can do a, a field trip. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, I went to a different game store in my Pokemon sort of, you know, research phase and I went in and nobody spoke to me. I was kind of just wandering around and I just left. It like didn't feel special at all. And sometimes 
just those little interactions or little curiosity. Like here's the quote that I think my coach, James Shramko, first told me and that was, stop trying to be so interesting and start getting interested. So the way to make people feel special is for you to take the spotlight off of you and put it back on them. There might be an interesting opportunity for you to discover as people come in, like two things. Have they been here before? If yes, if you can remember their name and just welcome them back, that's huge, right? Like that alone is like, wow, I feel welcome here and I feel recognized. That's a human just need. But if it's our first time, perhaps there's like, hey, first time here, you're going to sit and watch games. Cool. Well, you know, hey, it was hot today. Here's a bottle of water or something. You know, like literally that, just that little tiny interaction and maybe not bottled water because that provides a lot of waste or something, but, you know, maybe a, um, a special dye, like a 20 sided dye or something for somebody that is branded. And, you know, you could you could probably make a thousand of those for a couple hundred bucks that again, just that little token. Right. It's not even about the dye. It's about just, hey, I see you. You're welcome here. And here's something for you because it's your first time. Right. Like other game stores. I know it's a factor not doing that. Yeah, and that's one thing we wanted to be sure is like we are. Because the hobby game stores, they're awesome, but they're really for those people that are already in the hobby and they know what they're doing. They go into the store. We want it to be kind of that bridge between people who are not really familiar with what tabletop games are all about. And that's why like it's really important for us. We are talking to every person that comes through our door. I mean, I can also imagine like I'm putting myself in the shoes and this is what is hard to do. It's the curse of knowledge. It's hard to remember what it's like to not know something after you've learned it. And so I'm trying to put my head in, into the head of somebody who's brand new to like Dungeons and Dragons, which I am. You know, I'm only familiar with it through Stranger Things and a lot of people are now interested in it as well. Imagine I come into your store and it's like D&D day. There's a bunch of stuff going on. I'm going to be like feeling like a fish out of water. Like, oh my gosh, like what am I doing here? And this is interesting and I want to get involved, but I'm a newbie. I don't want to embarrass myself. Somebody comes and wel welcomes me. Dustin, maybe you come welcome me like, hey, welcome in. Are you here for the D&D &D stuff? And I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm here to just learn. I don't want to play right now. I'm just kind of uh, feeling my way around. And then you go, oh, that's awesome. Hey, this is Eric over here. He was new like a month ago. And he's been playing along now, like you guys should talk and, oh, hey, there's a game going on right here. Actually, let me pull up a chair for you and give you front row seats so you can see what's happening. Hey, guys, this is Pat here. He's just going to be watching. And already I'm like feeling like I'm a part of the crew, right, versus the outsider. And I think that, again, that little it, it's it's similar to, you know, a friend of mine, Jay Klaus, uh, called it like the same thing to do with like CrossFit. If you ever do CrossFit you know, there's like these CrossFit gyms, similar to like a tabletop game store. It's very tight knit communities. Anybody new coming in often feels like they're kind of an outsider. Or they're trying to feel their way through the equipment and just trying to figure out what the vibe is like. And the best way to make people feel like they're a part of something is to introduce them to people who are already there and to take them on a little tour. And that can just, again, you don't even need to offer anything physical. It's just a little bit of time and attention to that person who's brand new. And, and because your store is so small right now, you have the opportunity to, to really go sort of further with that, I think. Yeah, that's a good point. I think we are we try to be as welcoming as possible. It's really good to connect new people with people that are already part of the community. Yeah, it makes the people who are already part of the community also feel special because you you recognize them as somebody who could help out right. as well. I think that's a big point too, yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, I'm gonna hope to make my way to LA at some point. I actually am headed up there when am I headed up there? Mid-July. I don't know where specifically. It's for my daughter's dance situation. So if it's close by, like Dustin, after this, if you'd like to send me the address of, of the store, I'd love to see if it's close by and I can just swing by and say hi at some point. Dude, this was epic. I, I hope it was helpful and inspirational and I'm looking forward to 
seeing the company grow and, and the sales continue to go up and, you know, hopefully D&D continues to just rock it even after the finale that just came out today for season four. My wife and I stayed up uh, until like two in the morning to catch the first one. <laughs> yeah, we have no spoilers, though. No spoilers. We have a sister-in-law, brother-in-law that watches watches it with us together in their Mexico. We got to wait for them to come back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's going to be hard. <laughs> Awesome, man. Well, hey, one more time, name of the store. Where can people kind of follow up with you in case they're curious? Um, it's BG's Tabletop. You can reach me at, I guess, games at boardgamingwitheducation.com. And thank you so much, Pat. This is super awesome. Hopefully, I'll see you in the store. Or I'll see you in San Diego sometime. Awesome. Yeah. And if you're down here, let me know and, and we'll hook up. Cool. Take care. Thanks. All right. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Dustin. Again, Dustin, thank you so much. What an amazing conversation. I'm looking forward to seeing and, and hopefully entering the store at some point, maybe this summer or, or perhaps later in the year. But more than that, just excited to see how you're going to take a lot of the things we spoke about. It is obvious that you're already thinking about the right things and have already started to do some stuff. But I think you can take things to the next level. And to my point, this is for everybody. People notice when you go a little bit above and beyond and you don't have to spend a ton of money. You don't have to be extravagant to do that, to have a person feel like, wow, you actually do care or you actually are doing it a little bit differently. And that's what I want y'all to focus on as you move forward into the rest of the year here with your business, no matter what your business is about. So again, thank you so much for coming in. I appreciate you and I look forward to serving you in the next episode and uh, make sure you hit subscribe if you haven't already. Thanks so much, cheers, and we'll see you in the next one. Peace out. Thanks for listening to Ask Pat at askpat.com. I'm your host, Pat Flynn. Our senior producer is Sarah Jane Hess. Our series producer is David Grabowski. And our executive producer is Matt Gartland. Sound editing by Duncan Brown. Ask Pat is a production of SPI Media. We'll catch you in the next session. Hey there, thank you for listening to Ask Pat 2.0. Now, you might have noticed that we haven't published a new episode in a while, and that is because in 2023, after 1,269 episodes, we decided to sunset the show, for now at least. And this way, we can focus our energy and efforts on our other podcasts and other projects. That being said, all 1,269 episodes are still live and downloadable, and the published dates may be old, but there are still a ton of questions I've answered on the show and people I've coached. Those episodes are just as valuable as they were back then. So you can also visit smartpassiveincome.com slash askpat to dig through the archives. Plus, there's a search tool on the website that lets you search across our podcasts and blog. And of course, the Smart Passive Income podcast is still live and energetic and awesome and publishing twice a week. So make sure you're subscribed there so we can still continue this conversation. And we have some of the foremost experts and thought leaders in entrepreneurship on the show every single week. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Again, check it out. It's the Smart Passive Income podcast. Just find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find it there as well. Thank you again for listening in and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.